What was I thinking? I looked at the table full of shiny baubles and things, and once again, those craft stores had gotten me. I finally put a stop to it and had to realize that I had, yep, been duped by the shiny. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom, and I would like to uh, welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So sit back, relax, and join me as we take a look at Duped by the Shiny. I'll see you on the other side. Oh, I was too fit to be tied, y'all. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a Southern U.S. saying that means that you were duped. Um, <laughs> you were, um, yeah, you, you were fit to be tied. <laughs> and um, I, 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 I was just like, I can't believe I did this. And I said to myself at that time, I need a chaperone when I go in these places. And it was the bright and shiny. I'm just going to be honest. The way... Those lo- that that sunshine, that afternoon sunshine came through those windows of that craft store and sparkled on all of that little glittery, um, the little uh, chitska here and there. I just had to have it. I had to have it all. It's kind of like Pokemon, got to catch them all kind of thing. And I ended up having all of this crap on my table. And I was like, now I got to try to make something out of this because, you know, you can't just go to, uh, in the U S we have Hobby Lobby, Michael's and some other crafts places. And I think I hit all the ones in my local area that day. And I'm talking about hundreds of dollars and y'all, this was not, um, recent. So that those hundreds of dollars, it even had more value than today. And I'm sitting here looking at this like, what in the world? Now, in my defense, I had uh, just bought a new home and I wanted to beautify it, but I was working on a budget. And so I was trying to get creative. And so instead of trying to buy stuff already pre-assembled, I was going to make me something, honey. You hear me? I was going to make something. But the shiny duped me. It got me. And I was like, Michelle, why did you spend so much money on broken up pieces of plastic? Because that's what it comes down to a lot of times when you look at this stuff. And I was just like, okay, they got me. They got me good. Now, um, I'm going to just say, (laughs) one of the things that I uh, really like about this new journey that I have committed to of uh, submitting to the cosmic, the divine, the benevolent, the, let me go in my three O's today, the omnipotent, omnipresent, and omniscience of wisdom is that wisdom strikes when you least expect it. You got to always have something on hand to write it down because that smack, when it comes, you, you better catch it. Oh yes, it's slippery. You better catch it. Because remember, you know, wisdom, she is not playing with us. She calls us simpletons and she's like, look, uh, when I grace your doorstep, you <laughs> you better come with me. And so the other day I was looking at something. I don't know if I w- uh, was I reading something. You guys, for uh, being a writer, I have to read a lot. Let's just face it. You know, when you're creating worlds and thinking of stuff, you got to take in a lot of stuff. And um, yeah, I was re- I was reading. I think I was reading something, and and wisdom snatched me up. Yes, and so um, 
I was looking at the uh, someone else talking about the bright, shiny object syndrome. And I don't know if uh, you've ever heard of it. I'm assuming you have, but if you haven't, real quick, uh, bright, shiny object syndrome, or BSOS, is where people get distracted and they uh, end up per- usually purchasing something or uh, spending time on something where basically it boils down to becoming a waste of their time to keep them from what they really should be doing. And so that's what um, BSOS um, is usually uh, talking about, okay? So I remembered that I had done a guest podcast for someone years ago before I had ever done a podcast. And um, they had me on and they asked me about bright, you know, the bright, shiny object syndrome from a therapeutic standpoint and as a um, a author um, and uh, someone who made their living by what I did online. And um, I, at the time, like I said, at that time I was working with what I knew. So I'm going to give you guys a quick little snippet of that uh, because it involved a little bit of history and, um, uh, and move you up to today where this uh, wisdom spat came from. Okay. So let me take a few minutes. And so in uh, my understanding at that time, and it still holds true for the most part now, is that when we were hunter gatherers and when we were, you know, nomadic way back in the way back, bright and shiny usually denoted uh, something that had a reward attached to it. Okay. So bright and shiny could mean very pretty when they would dig things out of the ground and uh, knock all of the muck off of it uh, and it would shine. And so it was very pretty. It was out of the ordinary. It was different from the landscape around them. And also bright and shiny could mean safety. It could also mean nourishment or survival, meaning that when people were nomadic and they were travel, they would travel a lot of times they would look for shiny to denote where the bodies of water were uh, so that they would know where to go for water when the sun was hitting the uh, the surface of the water. Also, uh, they could use certain types of these things uh, that were bright and shiny that they had pulled out of the earth as uh targets or uh, uh, symbols where they could flash them against the sun to let each other know where they were when they would spread out to do some of their hunting and gathering so that they would never get too far from each other. And so it's hypothesized from that time on, we had an affinity for the bright and shiny. And so we move on from there and now it's uh, becoming more populated on the earth where we're starting to get uh, population centers of um, villages, towns, cities, kingdoms, uh, congregations, those types of things. And so people have to figure out a way to barter with each other and uh and then it moves towards, well, I don't necessarily want what you have, but I know somebody who might else want it, you know, so they come up with a, a system. And wouldn't you know, the system of, of what we call money and currency, it became, you guessed it, ruled by what was bright and shiny, you know. So to me, if you're living in an, or, uh, um, uh, an area where having yams could mean the difference between life or death, 
uh, and whoever has the most yams is considered rich, that might be something. But what if you have someone who already has enough yams, you got to figure out how to barter with them. And so these bright and shiny objects of gold, silver, bronze, and copper became uh, what everybody agreed would have value. So then you move onward, and now we're, I'm, I'm skipping us all the way up to the 21st century, where we already have this propensity to like shiny stuff, right? And uh, I've already told you that in the good old, good old, old, old days, it's hypothesized that we attached something good to it. We attached reward, safety, nourishment to these bright and shinies. And so that meant that uh, in the 21st century, if you provided the same type of trigger, you would get the same response. Now, let me just tell you real quickly about this trigger and response. The trigger and response uh, is biological, hormonal even. So when we see something bright and shiny, Unbeknownst to us, a lot of times we get excited. And you know what that excitement is? That's your endorphins pushing out dopamine to create that anticipatory joy and ecstasy that something good is about to happen. How many of you uh, know times when your expectation and your anticipation far outweighed what it felt like to actually acquire or have something? Yeah. And so the reason. I believe, now this is just me, the reason why I believe that is because for the most part, a lot of the quote unquote bright and shiny objects that we uh, have been conditioned over the over the millennia to desire are usually off in the distance, something aspirational that we have to work toward, whether it be rejoining our party for safety before the night falls, or it be finding that oasis in the desert of uh, real water or uh, whether it be getting those bright and shinies out of the ground because it takes so much work to dig and look for them and clean them up and release them from the muck and mire of the dirt and ground around them. There was always some type of distance between what the bright and shiny represented and what it yielded or how long it took from seeing the bright and shiny to getting to it. And so thus, the dopamine releases of anticipation of, oh, this is going to be good. And then when you get it, the serotonin uh, of satisfaction and contentment that, oh, I got it. Okay. And so, like I said before, kind of like sort of we're programmed for this. Um so now in the 21st century, because we have, of course, we've, we've moved onward and upward, hopefully, and the, the <laughs> barrier, the boundaries to all these different barriers have been torn down because of the internet and because we can speak to people immediately around the world has made it such that we can get instant gratification. So you've got the dopamine serotonin level uh, cycles just able to spin, 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 which means that the more you hit that dopamine, the faster you get that serotonin, the more you want the dopamine again. And so uh, there was a term coined about 30 years ago that talked about the hedonistic treadmill of where we are irrationally 
unquenchable in our thirst for the next. And it even says that the more we acquire, the more depressed we can become because we start shutting down or not shutting down, but we start shortening our dopamine serotonin cycle of getting stuff. All right. So now that I've taken you all through that, let me let me bring this up to now with this wisdom smack that I recently got about the the bright shiny. Okay. Now with that, one of the things uh, I, I talked about in another podcast, and you know, you guys, by the way, today's podcast is podcast 118. Can you believe it? Thank you so much for sticking with me and supporting me. I'm going to keep going as long as I can keep going. I'm going to keep going. And I have um, a number in mind for my episode of when I hit it, then I'll probably maybe just do this um, weekly or maybe three times a week or something. But you know what? Y'all let me know if this still works for y'all and I can continue to do it every day. I will. But just let me know. Okay. So um, back to what I was saying. So the new wisdom smacks for now is that now that it's basically known. It is just a known thing. Psychologically, marketing-wise, behavior-wise, it's just known. We are attracted to the bright and shiny. And they also know that that bright and shiny is connected to three things that people may or may not realize, but that is distraction, concentration, and attention spans. Yes. And so when you get Uh, a bright and shiny. And don't get me wrong. I am not just literally saying bright and shiny. I'm talking about something that piques your interest to make you want to obtain it or possess it. It can be, for some people, it can be the best new software to run their company better that they envision that this their bright um this their uh, bright shiny object. And we have an acronym for it, uh, BS. OS, bright, shiny object syndrome. So I might uh, go back and forth because that's a lot to say all the time. Um, So it could be anything, but it is something that really gets you going. It releases that dopamine and you get hot and bothered for it. Let's just, you know, let's just be honest with that. And so what they have found is those bright, shiny objects usually get you distracted and they get you distracted because they pull you away from what you are currently engaged in and what you need to be committed to. Also, they help to reinforce low concentration because remember I talked about this hedonistic treadmill of us constantly wanting stuff and when we get it, we want more. And so it puts us on this treadmill of never being satisfied. Well, that help that actually reinforces an inability to concentrate on the boring, to concentrate on the needful and the necessary, because the bright shiny offers such a good feeling, a good biological feeling that it's almost very hard to ignore them. And then a near non-existent attention span. Let me tell you, there is a war that's being fought. And it is being fought hard and viciously, and people don't realize it. And that is the war for your attention. He or she or they who rules and keeps the most attention these days wins. And it is not just for fame and notability or notoriety. It is not for the sake of just money. No, it goes beyond that. It goes toward power. It goes toward shaping the future that people envision. And it goes toward 
domination. Let's just be honest. Um, what I will say is, and I've talked about this before, and it's so funny. I have a friend that I have known since high school who called me the other day and we were laughing and she was talking about uh, one of my podcasts where I talked about how free is expensive and she was laughing. She's um, she's a principal for our school and um, and she was thinking about her high school kids that, you know, coming back to school and everything. And she was like, that is so true. That is so true. And I was like, you know, well, tell them if you want. And she's like, you know, I might, you know, I, I, but anyway, uh, I was, I, I was just talking with her a little bit more about why free is so expensive because I was going through, uh, this wisdom smack. And I was telling her, I was like, do you realize now that they have come, become so sophisticated with doing things to to entertain our attention so that they can study us, they can um, figure out things about us to the point where they know us way better than we know ourselves, way better than even our parents know us. It is getting very eerie. And uh, I was like, it is not just for marketing purposes. It is for management and everything. Um, In the book, uh, Homo Deus, uh, I, I talked about Sapiens and then Homo Deus written by the same author, uh, Yerval Noah uh, Harari. And he talks in Homo Deus, this is, this is the follow-up to Sapiens, uh, where in Sapiens, he talked about our history as Homo Sapiens. And then in Homo Deus, he talks about our trek towards becoming gods. And it's a great book. I encourage you to get it. I'll try to remember to drop the links today for those two books. And in that, he talks about something that I knew, but it's very profound. And he says that we will come to understand like the great leaders of old, that religion was made to keep the order and science was made to acquire the power. And I was like, that is so true. And um, the way, the way he went on to talk about how you could in, uh, include sacrifice to a certain religious belief or understanding to keep people tethered to it and keep them in line. And then how you could use science to go and figure out new ways of doing things that make you even more accurate in what you're trying to do and keep that from the masses while they're being seduced by the order of a belief system, then you can gain all this power. And if you think about it, uh, I hate to say it, but a lot of times people are kept in check by coercive stuff. And a lot of times some of the biggest scientific breakthroughs started with some type of domination, some type of uh, global uh, weapon, if you will, things that go boom and all of that. And you might be saying, well, what, what does that have to do with this bright, shiny object syndrome? And I'm going to say this, and that is that a lot of times when we have these BSOSs, they are made for the propagation of distraction, low concentration, and to continue to keep your attention span on what they want. And here's the wisdom smack. The wisdom smack that I finally got was, is that now 
we are not necessarily dealing with actual, tangible, bright, shiny objects as much as we are dealing with shiny symbols. You see, a lot of what is going on in today's world is such that people are getting up in uh, in arms about a symbol while there is nothing being done to the system behind the symbol. Case in point, people are more concerned with a title or a icon, if you will, than they are with going to the roots and rooting out the weeds that are continuing to give us these symbols that we get to the point where we want to crucify. Let me, I don't want to use anything um, specific because I don't want to disparage anybody. I just don't. Um, but what I what I will say is, is that I would encourage you to start giving a serious hard side eye to when you suspect a symbolic distraction is afoot. And what do I mean by symbolic distraction? What I mean is, is it's a symbol made for distraction if it causes you to mistake the real culprit of whatever egregiousness you think is going on. So for instance, it could be something real. It's not where it's necessarily made up. But what it is, is it's kind of like when you see the little kids, uh, little babies, and the parent is trying to get their hair cut, and they've got a puppet in front of them trying to keep them entertained so that they won't notice these scissors coming near their head or clippers or whatever it is. That's kind of the same thing. That puppet is just a symbol of what is really going on, the haircut. And that is leading into the distraction. And, you know, I, I, oh, I might, I might end up having to do a second part of this because I kind of feel rushed in what I'm trying to say about this because it goes deep. You know, we've got our distraction. One of the top things that people ask me about is how to concentrate, how to regain the power over your own attention span, how to wean yourself off of those things uh, that you need to wean yourself off of to get done what you know you have to get done and how and actually seriously I have uh, people that ask me a lot of times about things that are um, trending and popular and my quick take on them and I'll be honest with you I do uh, try to keep up with what's going on because to me that's how you stay in the community that's how you continue to know where you belong because we are made to belong with each other um, but I also try to make sure that I can get uh, keep an objective distance towards a lot of stuff. And it is because of this wisdom smack that is working its way through my world. And that is that now we have become so known by other entities that at will, they can change our beliefs, our understandings, or whatever it is at will. And so I think what I'm going to do, yeah, I think what I'm going to do is today I'm going to continue. I'm going to tie up what I mean by uh, symbols and systems. And then tomorrow, and I hate breaking these up because, you know, sometimes y'all don't come back for tomorrow. But I definitely, if you're listening to this today, please 
make sure you come back tomorrow because I'm going to talk a little bit more about how to identify the real culprit behind the shiny. And I'm going to talk about something called the shield of mediocrity and how it's an insurance plan that people use that you don't want to miss. But let me go on and finish this up today. And that is when you are looking at uh, what you do, and you don't feel like you're being productive. You don't feel like you're able to uh, do what your intention says in the morning. And at, at the end of the day, you're not getting done what you need to get done. I can probably say there is a pretty good possibility that bright, shiny objects are at play or at are, are, are foot in your life. And what you have to do is you have to start strengthening your game, even if you consciously start looking at it as how to construct a litmus test to figure out if whatever you're engaged in is a squirrel moment, if it is a symbol instead of the real system, if you're being manipulated Uh, to keep your attention on something that you wouldn't necessarily need to put that much attention on. Have you guys noticed how much um, gossip has become the new forefront of news where it used to be relegated to its proper space after the news was done? It usually leads the news cycles and not just on gossip sites, but on what we would call mainstream sites. And it is because that's what keeps people's attention. And the longer they can keep your attention, the more they can infuse the symbols of what you should be up in arms about so that the systems of what the powerful want to continue to do, keep going. Remember uh, that book, Homo Deus, and he talks about how, and he used the word religion. And I am not saying that I'm slamming anyone's religious beliefs. Um, The word in, in that regard of religion is more so what you believe in uh, that has more power than you do to affect change or to do something, you know, kind of like you know, what you pray to, um, what you sacrifice to, uh, and those types of things. And so going back and understanding this, even thinking about it uh, uh, through the history and that famous statement attributed to Napoleon Bonaparte that said that religion was made for the poor to keep them from killing the rich, it, it just seems to permeate throughout. And so let me let me just sum it up by saying this, but since I'm going to go on and, and put this in two parts. Dupe by the shiny. The first thing is understand that biologically, we've been set up for m- many millennia. We have been set up to equate the shiny with a reward in the either distant or not too distant future. And as we have become more technologically advanced, we've been able to shorten the time from expectation to fulfillment such that we now can put it on a cycle where we see something, we uh, desire it, we crave it, and then we acquire it. So when you desire it and the anticipation That's the dopamine hit that you get. That's the, ooh, the feel good. And then when you get it, that's the serotonin. That's the, ah, I'm satiated. I'm content. But because there is the next shiny object, 
you don't have time because you've got so many options for your next dopamine hit. And I will say this, contentment means that you stop kind of moving and we're not made like that. No matter how much you might think we are, we are not satisfied. We just aren't. We are made to keep moving because change is all there is. And if there is another option, we move on. Think about how many times you have people that say, I'm an adventurer. When, when people say they're an adventurer, what they're saying is that they are a person who wants to have the dopamine serotonin loop active in their life all the time because they're always on to the next adventure, right? So how much so do you think that if we've got this natural programming and we have this technological advancement where people have studied us for years and years to understand how to keep us in that loop so that we can have something that creates a quote unquote order in our life that we can believe in, You know, because I know a lot of people that believe in the power of uh, their shows and and all of this stuff to, quote unquote, help them to get up and go to work the next day and have something to look forward to. I also know that the movement from an actual, quote unquote, bright and shiny thing to now just giving people symbols to believe in has made it where the powers that be can continue to do whatever they want to, to the system behind us that uh, holds the true power to get us and put us to wherever they want, you know, to be. So don't be duped. Don't be duped. It's, it's just plastic. It's just shiny baubles. It, don't be duped. <laughs> Seriously, there's nothing behind it. Don't be duped. Uh, I know I keep saying that. And I, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more tomorrow where, you know, I want us to figure out how to start identifying those squirrel moments that we have, how to uh, stop worrying about the symbols and start, if you're going to use righteous indignation, Use it for the real things. Go far and deep to see where the rabbit trail goes. And a lot of times you're going to be surprised at what you thought was the real issue is not the real issue. So guess what? Yep, my time is up for today, you guys. But you better believe tomorrow I'm coming with it for the second part of Dupe by the Shiny. And so with that being said, I'm going to end this one. This is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Y'all better come back tomorrow. Come on back because the good part is tomorrow. Okay, so don't forget to check the show notes. Give us some great support. Uh, Use our Amazon links whenever you do your Amazon shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And we might receive a little bit of compensation. Also check the show notes for other ways to support us, including, yes, I do have a Patreon and all of that other stuff. Until tomorrow, I'll see you later. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.